there is, um, you know, a point before an up-leveling that really tests you and it comes in different forms, but I think we've been in it long enough where we kind of see it as it is, as it's coming as little tests that we're like, we got this. We've been, we've been through a test before and what is really important and what's the bigger picture and who are we serving? Is this about us or is this about, you know, the community almost 30. So, um, yeah, man. I mean, it's just, it's been so much fun. I'm Alison Rice and welcome to Offline, the podcast. These are honest conversations about true self with the people behind the Instagram accounts and the teachers who help us on our way. A lot has changed since I launched Offline in September 2018. It started as a podcast And thanks to your ongoing support, it turned into a movement. Today, Offline exists to help us explore the essence of who we are and how to live, create and succeed in alignment with that. This is our true self. There's the podcast, a series of online courses I've created with our collective needs in mind and experiences that allow us to connect as a community. Visit getoffline.co to find out more or follow getoffline.co on Instagram. I hope this episode helps you on your way. Thank you for being here. My next guests are an internal squeal moment for me. Krista Williams and Lindsay Simsick are the founders of Almost 30, one of the world's top wellness podcasts for women. Krista and Lindsay started Almost 30 in a wardrobe with a voice recorder and three years on are now touring internationally, hosting sellout events and also educating people on the business of podcasting through Your Podcast Pro. To be able to host two women who are helping shape this space in the US is such an honour. I didn't think they'd even know about offline, so you'll hear me processing that like the true fangirl that I am in the moment. In this honest conversation, Krista and Lindsay open up across a range of different topics. From how they think about influencing crisis, to the importance of just getting started, creating in service versus creating for fame, vulnerability hangovers, I know about those, and how they stay authentic in a digital first world that almost demands us to be strategic. Now, I have to be honest with you and say I was pretty nervous before this one. I also couldn't hear myself in my headphones, which doesn't help when you're hosting two pros on an international video call. So with that out of the way, I hope you enjoy. Here's Krista, Lindsay and I for Offline. Not to start our beautiful chat off with such um, but what do you guys see of it from your side? Is it really prevalent on the news or? Yeah, um, it has been. And also in our community, we have, as you know, a lot of our community um, is in Australia. And so um, much of kind of the on the ground information and, and just um, what's been happening in the smaller communities is, is has come from our community, at least, you know, through what I've been learning. But 
Yeah. It's, it's definitely all over the news here. Mm. I just saw the other day, um, I think I'm sure from all different, all, all countries or most countries where they're sending firefighters yeah. to help. Um, I saw us firefighters, but I'm sure a lot of other countries are sending them as yeah. well, but I just can't imagine. I can't like, I actually can't wrap, wrap my head around yeah. how big the fires are. You know, you, you see the numbers and the stats, but to compare it to the size of, you know, the United States, your country, the size of the United States, and then map where these fires are, it, it is, so terrifying and, and so sad. So, I mean, our hearts just like, just break for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's been inspiring for me too, on the other hand, to see people take things into their own hand, own hands. You know, I know there was that, that influencer that raised millions and millions of dollars. Oh my God. Celeste Barber. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. She's yeah. amazing. Just, you know, people just Love really, her. I feel like going outside of the system right now, which isn't really supporting people. Like you talked about the prime minister isn't supporting you guys in a way that feels like helpful and, but people with social media and just leveraging their community are really finding ways to support and help. And we saw the same with the fires that we had in California, although they are nothing compared to what's going on with you. Um, they were really bad this year. And we felt like, or I felt like I saw people really band together in a really um, beautiful way that we didn't feel like was happening within our government. So there is, you know, a sense, a small sense of, um, inspiration and, um, positivity in there where I see people really being thoughtful about how we can support and how to support. Yeah. No, it's beautiful. And like just the, the help we've had from different countries, but particularly like, and maybe it's a question for you guys too. Um, like the influences in the States have been just so generous and beautiful with sharing. And it surprised me because, Sometimes I feel like we're just this big island on the other side of the world and people are like, what goes on down there? <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has actually been really heartening to see really big talent use their platforms. Um, one question I have for you, and I guess it's, it's actually not on the questions I have, but that we're talking about it. How do you think about um, your influence and your platform in times of crisis? Because I've actually found it really difficult personally to navigate how can I be on Instagram? And I just wasn't, frankly. So I just, for two weeks, I was like, I don't even want to post my cute outfit. I don't even want to talk about my fucking podcast. I don't want to pull anyone's attention away from where they need to be right now. But how do you think about influence in in crisis? Yeah, that's a really, um, a question we haven't had before. Um and one that, you know, in, in times like these, and even when, you know, the fires here in California were going on, I was thinking a lot about, and even just, you know, someone who, who watches the news, it's hard. It's hard to, you know, have something to promote or, um, again, like you were saying, just kind of go about your usual Instagrammable things. Um, and I listen to those moments, you know, I, I pause and if it doesn't feel good to share anything else, but perhaps the cause, the, you know, things that are going on that I can use my platform, uh, for good, um, in those, in those ways, then I'm going to do it again. That has to feel good too. You know, sometimes I pause and I, I need to really think about how I want to use the platform. Um, I, I'm really careful to do research. I've, I haven't had a situation where a cause that I've pointed people to has been, um, 
you know, bad or anything like that, but I have seen that happen to other people. And so I think it's important to do research if it is something where you're donating money to, um, to trust where it's going. Um, and also it's hard, you know, observing other influencers doing this during this time. Um, I don't want to get caught up in the oh, so I have to do something too. I really want it to feel good. And in my own words, does that like, and I want it to also be in the vein of, and our coach Aaron Rose was talking about this, where, you know, not perpetuating this story that it's the end of the world, right? Like where we can find the good and the positive and and try to shift the narrative. Um, And it's not about, saying that this isn't happening. It's more about how can we shift the whole collective consciousness so that a change can be made, whether in politics or the environment, whatever it is. So yeah, it's, it's really been a reflective time um, mm-hmm. as it relates to social media and these, these tragedies. Yeah. And just when I think about it, you know, it's another thing that I find to be like a positive transition that we're making as a society and culture is that we expect now our influencers or, um, you know, famous actors or people that have a following and have a platform to say something and to have an opinion. And I find that really encouraging now that we're expecting people that have influence to actually use their influence for a good reason. I think back in the day, there was actors and actresses that we really didn't know what they thought or felt about anything. And there was a fear for them to speak against things. And now there's an expectation of people that have influence to speak out in service of things like the Australia fires, which is, is the most beautiful thing. And I think I've seen some amazing things happen with that, but it's, it's an interesting standard now that it is an expectation for me and Lindsay to speak against or speak out for certain things almost all the time. So, you know, there's a million things happening in the world and I take great responsibility in sharing a lot of the things and how we can help. Um, and really just having to pay attention to which of those we're going to speak to next. Cause in the States, you know, we're in crisis in, in certain ways, not as much so related to the environment, but with, you know, the political climate, it's, it's something crazy happening every single day. And, um, you know, women's rights are being taken away and there's just a lot happening over here. So, um, I try and just be as conscious and thoughtful as I can. And when I find myself in times of, um, great worry, I, it's not my inclination naturally to go to social media. I don't, um, find myself inclined to do, to say anything, you know, I really am, am, become very defeated at times and feel very insular and feel very worried on my own. And in that state, I don't feel good sharing with others. And that's just something for me personally. So it's never not uh, a reason for not caring or not um, knowing of what's going on, but it just, I don't like to be on social when I don't feel like I feel good about what I'm saying. And sometimes it's just too sad. And there is, I would definitely say, honestly, as a last point, a fear of saying the right thing. And, um, you know, if we say something damned, if you do damned, if you don't, and that times can be uh, a little, um, scary, but it doesn't mean that we don't, you know, speak out for things that we believe in, you know, when it's appropriate. Mm. I think you've just summed up exactly how I felt over the break. It wasn't that. And I did, of course, share links and I tried, I thought to myself, Hey, what, how can I be useful here? And okay, I'm a journalist. So the way I can be useful is I can provide links and I can try and educate people on, you know, the climate change um, report that was sent to our government in 
I think it was September or November 2019, warning about what was going to happen. I can educate people on the Paris Agreement and how we're going against that. I can educate people on what renewable energy is. So it's not so much me having a stance so much as it is saying, well, let's all just like collectively get informed. And yeah, the other thing that was kind of circling for me was, you know, as I've been exploring, I guess, how spirituality shows up for me in the last decade, 15 years, um, part of how I view the world has really shifted. And so in a time of crisis, I felt like I had a better understanding of what was at play universally, but I didn't think that that was relevant to share because people are dying, um, people are losing their homes. And I thought, gosh, what they don't need is for me to be like, well, there's this thing called you know, destruction in the Vedic view and, you know, that this is happening for this reason and it's about that awakening of collective consciousness. I just thought don't be that person who seeks to, you know, take the spiritual line in a time when people are in sort of desperate need of help and and support. But I think it will be relevant for me to talk about that um, through my lens eventually. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. I think about that mm-hmm. the most, you know, and especially more so in the States when it, um, when speaking about, um, you know, certain issues that come up a lot within our collective consciousness, it's always like where I have to always think about, is this, would I be saying something that is along the spiritual lines because it's a benefit or is that coming from my privilege? Yeah. Am I in a privileged position where I am able to speak to that from a spiritual lens in quotes, because I've been given this beautiful life that has enabled me to speak to this very from you know a level that's almost detached. And from the spiritual lens though too, it's like, a lot is happening as it relates to the collective consciousness that is a clearing, that is a cleaning, that is um, enabling us to really reset our boundaries of what's right and what's wrong and what we're going to stand for and figuring out how to love Mother Earth, you know, in a lot of different ways. So I think, you know, to your point, that's something I think about all the time. And when I did go dark during the holidays, it was a turning in time, but it was a lot related to that where a lot of my viewpoint, I don't feel comfortable saying because I toe the line of feeling of wondering if I'm privileged or if I have an awareness of what's going on that maybe, um, wouldn't be widely accepted because it's more in the spiritual realm. Mm. And I agree. And I'm also wondering like, you know, then eventually how is that going to be the collective consciousness? Like where, where's the turning point where people are talking about that, you kind of unafraid to be looked at as like, are you seriously saying that right now? Like we're, the, people are dying, this, yeah. this is happening. So it's interesting because I feel the exact same way. There's a fear and like, I don't want people to come at me. At I know, all. me too. You know, even, even though, even though like I complete, I fully in my heart believe that is what's happening. It is scary. I, not to bring up Aaron Rose again, but he is someone who is in a way talking about and I'm sure there are a lot of other people out there too on social media and, and in the world talking about this in a way that just kind of like perks up people's ears, you know, and is not in a talking down way. It's more of just, they're sharing the information and whoever wants to receive it can and, and let it land. But yeah, I'm just wondering when that will shift, mm. you know, when like there are conversations that will enlighten people and bring more hope than, um, than frustration, you know, or anger towards that 
possible truth. Totally. All that skepticism of it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, I'd like to hope that podcasts like yours um, and mine, you know, certainly that the, the braver we are, and this is, I think, the thing for all of us, right? It's being brave enough to 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 speak um, and mm-hmm. at least share what we're learning. And it's a question I had for later, but um, sometimes, and I guess more a question for you, how do you think about your responsibility as, you know, two women with a platform and influence as it relates to sharing your spiritual journey and spiritual knowledge? Because my experience has been... I've probably retracted um, more than I've lent into that because I've got this constant worry of like, Alison, in 10 years time, this is going to be on the internet. Are you going to look back and be like, oh my God, you didn't know anything. And here you were like, you know, spouting all this stuff about spirituality and your belief systems because I'm growing and learning every day. How do you think about that? A, your responsibility around how much you share and what you share, but also do you ever have that feeling of like, and I don't know if this is just my own sort of like shadow, but like, will I be embarrassed later of this, you know, as a creator? Yeah. I mean, I I just, I echo your sentiments and your feelings and, um, with the sharing, I am very open and honest because that's who I am. And it's truly coming from the most genuine place. And I, I just, I, I have a thought where it's like, I don't want people to feel like they have to share so much if that's not them. If there's someone that, you know, likes to share with a close friend or relationship and they don't feel like they want to share publicly, that is okay. And it doesn't mean they're not processing or going through things. But from the day I was born, I was someone that was always just sharing and very open. And and that's just how I live my life. And I've done, you know, I've been in embarrassment so much, you know, in high school and college, I was just like, a a goon and my awareness and acknowledgement of that is hopefully going to give myself grace when I'm older. You know, all I can hope is that I did the best I could at the time and I made myself as proud as I could. And sometimes I do, and sometimes I don't, but, um, I've always felt like my sharing and my honesty was really just something that I didn't have as much control over as, people think, you know, when I have something to say, it really comes out for the, for the good or for the bad. And I really just have to express it. Um, but it is something, you know, for the future too, that I, that I do wonder. And I think about that more as it relates to social media rather than the podcast, the podcast, I can't really control. It's like me talking. So I just say whatever's on my mind, but as it is related to social media, I am way more thoughtful about things that I'm sharing in text than voice. Because when I'm typing something, it's totally, it could be taken totally differently than if I'm saying something. And for the most part, when I'm saying something, that is my genuine, genuine energy at the time. So you can hear if I'm excited, I'm sad, I'm pensive, whatever it is, you can hear that in my voice. And that's the most important piece is you really can understand and feel my sentiment behind it. But on text or on caption, you don't know that and you don't know me. You're just getting a one dimensional view. So I'm way more thoughtful about things that I'm typing and texting than things that I'm recording. It's interesting. And I think, I think sharing on the podcast or social media, you know, we've shared really vulnerably from, from the get. And sometimes we've had feedback, especially from like close family and friends that, you know, made us a little bit uncomfortable in the beginning. Um, but I think what we saw when we did share vulnerably was a beautiful return from our community who 
saw themselves in us. And that's, you know, just something that we've always committed to doing um, at our own discretion. You know, there are some things we do keep private, but it has helped to heal us, to heal others, um, or at least to direct them in the direction of their own healing. And it's been, it's been really beautiful and a confirmation that, you know, when things do come from our heart, it, it's going to make an impact, even if it feels a little like, oh man, like a vulnerability hangover of sorts. And also like the fact that it's going to live in perpetuity. Um, I think, you know, shifting our perspective on the fact that like, we can look back and be like, wow, like we are like an ever changing being, you know, honoring that part of us. Cause I think at least in my twenties, I was just like, <laughs> I had a lot of, I had a boyfriend that was like, man, you've changed. Like when I did something weird and I'm like, I wish I, in the moment I could have been like, yeah, I'm changing. Like, thank God. And so are you. And like, this is good instead of it being like a shameful thing. So I hope I can look back and be like, damn, you've changed so much. Like how amazing. And like honoring that time that, you know, I was feeling that was, that is my truth. You know, like that is, that is an honorable thing. So yeah, there are some uncomfortable moments, but overall it's just given us a lot of connection and confidence. Yeah, that's hugely validating for me as a creator because, I mean, I won't give you the whole spiel on what offline is, but um, it really- No, we love it. Yeah, we know love what it. it is. It's beautiful. Yes. Oh my God, stop. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, of course. I didn't expect you to know about it, but- um, No, of course. But it really started from a very, very vulnerable place and- I kept sort of sharing these vulnerabilities and, you know, I'll share with you now, and I haven't really been talking about it that much lately, but my husband and I, um, we lost a baby in October last year. And I spoke about that on the podcast. And then, you know, if you, you said vulnerability hangover, a couple of months later, I was like, fuck, I don't know if I want that now. I don't know if I want to have done that now. And we had a really um, beautiful conversation, but a very intense conversation about, um, you know, what is public and what is private. And, you know, I didn't really, honestly, I didn't think about him in the moment because, you know, I'm Mm. much the same as you guys where I'm just sharing because this is just who I am and how I'm in the world. And, and I really, um, I really felt bad for him that I had violated his privacy and that it wasn't just sure I went through it physically, but we went through it as a couple. And, I felt a lot of guilt around it, but I've actually started to really process and we've had a lot of conversations about, you know, it is the connection point and it did, you know, bring the community of offline closer together. And certainly when I meet my listeners in person at events, it's one of the main conversations we have is around loss and that shared storytelling and that shared experience. And so I come out of it going, no, I absolutely should have spoken about that. And I'm really obviously proud that I did, but it was a really awkward few months of going, did you do that for the podcast? Did you do that for you? Mm. Are you mm. processing right now? Or I don't, it was actually really confusing. So I appreciate your point of view because it's, yeah, immensely validating for me just to be like, yeah, this is what I'm doing. This is why I'm doing this. And th- there's so much purpose in me just, um, bringing, you know, my whole podcast is about true self. And if I'm, if I'm attracting from that, then it's just not honest, you know? Um, yeah. I experienced that a lot where you share something and you're like, Oh, you know, and you let something out and, 
And then you had that, that hangover of like, oh, was this too much? Was this aligned? Did I do this for the right reasons? And I, and I actually am working on this year exploring that a lot more, you know, that, that actually turning back in of, of why I feel uncomfortable with that share. What about that share makes me feel unsafe or unsupported or unseen? Um, but I, you know, I just, my heart was aching for you, you know, with you and your husband for the entire situation, but also for that feeling of guilt and shame. You know, I've definitely mm-hmm. shared stuff on the podcast that Justin, I don't think was comfortable or excited about me sharing. And now I know, and now I'm completely, um, I'm much more, um, thoughtful about what I'm sharing because it is related to him and it's a both of us thing, but you know, um, after you share and, and you make someone else feel less alone, it is really hard to, to feel bad about what you did. It was at this point I actually got to the questions I'd written down for the girls. Krista and Lindsay started Almost 30 with two things, a voice recorder and a wardrobe. I wanted to know how much of that grassroots beginning they credit to their success today. How close is success linked to humility? You know, this was born out of our conversations and those conversations that we were having as we became friends, we just put in the closet and, you know, it's a part of our story and the story of almost 30 in the beginning, which we've shared on the podcast, but, you know, I've been thinking about a lot lately, just as we grow, I, I, I do think that the cornerstones of why almost 30 is successful today were born there, which is the consistency. We showed up almost every single day to record together. At that time, we weren't making money. We didn't really have listeners at all. (laughs) And we were showing up to something that we felt so called to do and to serve. Almost 30 is the entity, like serving her. Um, And I think, you know, sharing, sharing openly from the get and really honoring who we are and our process and supporting one another within that. Um, And then as the business, you know, I think there is something about building something from the ground up that can be so heartbreaking at times, but on the other end of it can be the most rewarding thing of your life besides maybe, you know, love and marriage and maybe kids and all that. But it's just like, it is that, it is, it is birthing something and seeing it grow and understanding what, what gives it life and what doesn't. And, um, and that you can bring other people into the evolution of it and have them feel too what you're feeling and have it just be this like big, big um, entity of love and connection and ideas and creation. It's just so much bigger than we ever imagined. And um, I, I think about those times often it, it, it is part of our story and what, what keeps us going. Mm. Yeah. And too, it's like, you know, we we're not with a network and that's, you know, by choice, who knows if we will in the future, but we've always just wanted to do it our way. And I feel like that's what's so cool about, um, being alive right now is the ability to kind of have more freedom and flexibility for your path and your future. I was in the corporate world for eight years. I was miserable. Um, and you know, I quit my job to, to build this and it's a huge risk and it was a huge risk, but it's just really turned out for the best for us. And we just showed up authentically and vulnerably. And although we didn't expect it to grow at the time, we're just like, this was fun. 
And I don't know if that works for every situation with a side hustle because I've done side hustles that were fun to me but didn't work out. Um, but I just really, you know, I'm proud of the decisions that we've made thus far. And it also gives, I hope it gives other women hope that you don't need anything to really start to voice yourself or create a life that you love. That's why we started your podcast pro to help people get their voices out. Cause podcasting is a low barrier to entry. You know, mm-hmm. it actually doesn't take that much investment or time to create something awesome. And so, you know, we just encourage anyone who's interested to start and create something. You don't need to have a studio. We never did. Um, you can start from your closet floors or your cupboard. Yeah. It's <laughs> such a beautiful story. How do you, um, like reflect back on those first, maybe the first season or the first episodes, like, you know, I think about mine, I'm like, oh, <laughs> like, oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. Yours um, aren't as bad as ours. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm sure fact. Trust, How do you think about trust, them? Trust and believe. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, it's half cringe and it's half like hilarious. You know, we had, we had no idea technically what we were doing, right? Like we just, we really moved about the process very intuitively, we're like, okay, what feels good? Like, does this feel like almost 30? Does this feel like something our listeners would want? And in the beginning we had like these really weird and fun segments that we Mm -hmm. made up. We would, you know, have friends call in and (laughs) have conversations and, you know, it was just, it was fun. And the, the quality was terrible. Um, just the whole thing was kind of a circus, but that's where we started. Yeah. Like that is where we started. Here we are now. And, and I would hope that we would evolve and change and, and try new things, but you have to start somewhere. And I, you know, we talk to podcasters and soon to be podcasters all the time. And, you know, that's one of our top pieces of advice that is just like, you have to start, Mm -hmm. you know, I think a lot of people stop because they're afraid that it's not perfect or ready but you have to put it out there and then, you know, you'll get feedback, you'll get inspiration that will help the show to grow, evolve and become what it's supposed to be. I actually have a question then. You've both mentioned fun. Um, is it still fun? And how do you think about, how do you think about like, I guess, keeping, keeping it light as it becomes your profession or it is your profession? Yeah. I mean, this is like what I was made to do. You know, it's been, it's just, I never thought that I could be myself in business, you know, and I still work on that every single day. And, um, now that it's more than just the podcast, there's different aspects and legs to it that make it just a little bit more complex, but each is just an opportunity for me to grow more, you know, grow more as a person, grow more as the person into the person that I want to be. But there definitely are days that are hard. You know, we have conversations where we're like, Oh, I don't know how I feel about that. I'm not sure that was exciting or valuable. Um, and then we'll have days that we have interviews where we're like, hi, we're like, Oh my God, that is it. That is, that is the energy we want to put out. That is the conversation. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a blast. We get to do, you know, this weekend I was feeling so grateful for all the opportunities that we've been provided and it's a dream, you know, it's, it's an absolute dream. I feel so lucky and I never thought that this would, would be my life. And, uh, the reminder of that continually is really a lot of my work. Yeah. I mean, I completely agree. And especially that learning piece, because I think we can get 
caught up in those moments where we're learning and we're like, oh my gosh, this is uncomfortable. This, this sucks. And, um, I've learned so much, especially, especially on the business end. And I continue to learn a lot. And I have had moments where I'm just frustrated because I'm like, why don't you know this? Or why, why can't you do this well? Right. But, um, I think it's a really good reminder. It's just like, this is an opportunity to learn. Like this is, this is an opportunity to be, you know, kind of a more expansive human being on earth. It's less about what you're not. It's a more about what you're becoming. And so I try to remind myself of that a lot. I even put like a little reminder in my calendar every day. That's just like a little like alert. That's like, what's going right? Like, what are you learning? You know, just to kind of remind myself, it's like, okay, you, you're a human being. And this is really awesome. Mm-hmm. that you get to do this every single day. And like, we love what we do, but as the business grows, you're right. Like there just are hard conversations and there's, there is, um, you know, a point before an up, up leveling that really tests you. Oh yeah. And it comes in different forms, but I think we've been in it long enough where we kind of see it as it is, as it's coming as little tests that we're like, we got this, we've been, We've been through a test before and what is really important and what's the bigger picture and who are we serving? Is this about us or is this about, you know, the community almost 30. So, um, yeah, man, I mean, it's just, it's been so much fun. So much fun. I shared with the girls that as a founder of a business, every day I'm shitting myself. I think a lot of the time on social media, it can look like entrepreneurs are in it with ease. We see all the highlights and the opportunities, and we should share those wins. But the truth is, most of the entrepreneurs I know are scared most of the time. I'm scared every day, but it's good scared. It's evolution. Krista and Lindsay reflected on that and also shared their thoughts on staying truthful without wanting to seem ungrateful. And I think, you know, you even just sharing that and people hearing that might relieve some of that feeling. Um, cause I feel like when we've shared that, it just, it, it lessens like the, the gap between your online life and what people think and what's actually happening or how you're feeling. So once you share it, it's just, it kind of connects the two and makes it less of like, I'm this person on here and I'm this person behind the scenes. And, I feel like I can't express myself to people how I'm really feeling. But once you share, I don't know, it just, I I do think it adds to the flow because it just becomes a part of who you are in the process. And I think a lot of, oh, go ahead. No, you go. Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, and that's what's hard about what you were saying for me personally is like, I don't want if I ever say anything to not seem like I'm in gratitude for, everything that's been given to me. Yes. And, but that is, you know, but then I take that a step further and that is a lot of what shame is meant to do, which is to make you feel bad about how you feel. And that's something that I'm working on unwinding is, is the feeling bad about how I feel experience that I often have within my life. And so, you know, when I'm ever, I'm, going through something, I have to be very honest with our audience about it. You know, there have been intros or episodes or captions or whatever, where I will express about the things that are really hard. It's hard to be in the public. It's hard to, um, you know, be speaking for my job publicly for four hours a week and, and not feel like I'm doing a good enough job and all of those things. So, 
um, I definitely balance that, that wanting to express, but feeling ashamed sometimes around it. I completely relate. And it's a good sort of segue into my next question. You didn't start almost 30 to become famous, right? Um, And I think if, you know, from how I think about true and pure creativity, it comes in service to an audience. It's not about us. How do you um, identify with being famous? Like, how does that? (laughs) I don't. But you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, I think for me, it's like, I just don't feel like if ever we're in that moment, it never feels like fame. It just feels like I'm doing the right thing. You know, it feels like my message is reaching the right people. And I often think, you know, with the fame thing that like we put on so many people on the podcast, at events, on Instagram, in every way, in every capacity, we're putting other people on. So really it's like the bigger that we get, the more people I can put on and the more voices and opinions I can share with that people. So when I think about fame, I really think about just like audience growth as far as it relates to like me having this wonderful access that I have in Los Angeles to these amazing healers or this amazing um, thought, you know, or this amazing school of thought, whatever it is, and being able to share that with a broader community of people that might not have access to something like that. And that's why I think podcasting, you know, is so important, but I've never thought, you know, of myself as, as famous. That was never my goal. My goal just is really to be more of myself. And if that means I'm more, um, I'm reaching more people then then that's great. And if it doesn't, you know, it doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I echo that sentiment completely. And I think too, you know, it feels really good. And I'm just so grateful that what our content quote is like quote unquote is, is uh, like us being ourselves. And, you know, a lot of people have are asked to not be themselves in TV, movies, online, whatever that looks like. And so I'm just really grateful because when we do, you know, people recognize us in public or something like that, I mean, most likely we have a 20 minute conversation with them and they like have to tell us that they got to go and we're done here. Um, cause we're so, that's the thing. Like we're literally meeting like our friends because we've been ourselves on the podcast. They relate to us. And we're like, Hey, what's up? Like, you know, I'm sure you're going through some stuff that we're going through and, and it feels really good, you know? And I, I pray it always feels like that. And I, I think it will because, um, that's really important to us to always be ourselves and, and also see ourselves in our community. So yeah, I, I, but I, I agree with Krista. It doesn't really feel like fame. Mm-hmm. It's just like the platform has grown and we're reaching more people and it feels really good. I have a question um, for you guys around, I guess, life before almost 30. How have you navigated um, perhaps putting what you thought were your dreams on pause to be in service to this business? And then are you still trying to balance like getting a little bit of that personal creativity in alongside what it is that you're growing? Hmm. Yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've done a lot of different things in my career life. And what I've learned is that you know, pushing doesn't work. Um, and I guess to bring it into context, it's like I pursue acting and singing and music and all of that. 
and I've done that for, for quite some time. Most of it has been just a lot of learnings and training and auditioning over and over again, which has been fun. And I've learned so much, but I felt like I was really pushing like outside of myself and, and not doing things in integrity all the time and feeling out of alignment. And so when something like this comes along and it's not anything I planned, but it's flowing and it feels really good. I've learned to, and it's been like the biggest learning to follow it and to allow it and to really immerse myself in it and give those same talents and passions to what's right in front of me and see where it goes, you know, because I, I trust too that like, you know, none of that really dies. It's always there. And, you know, music, for example, is something that I just love to do. And when I do it, I actually become more inspired and energized for everything else in my life. So I use some of those things as like an energy source, you know, and, and to feel just more connected to who I am and what I can give. So, um, I don't think of it as like putting it on hold or, or letting it die. It's like, it's always there, but what's right in front of me is incredible. And, you know, I, I just want things to feel like they are flowing and really natural. And that's what almost 30 has felt like. Yeah. And I think for me, I've, I just feel lucky that I've been able to express creatively within the business whenever I can. So that's voicing my opinion for the direction of the business. That is um, creation of whatever product or branding or social media. And I just feel like completely fulfilled with my expression of creativity through the business and being myself within what we do. And I think that's one of the most beautiful parts of being an entrepreneur is being able to channel creativity within a space that allows you to also make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I've felt completely fulfilled and being in the corporate world before I was in, you know, various jobs that weren't as fulfilling. So it's been really nice to just feel, um, like when I channel all my energy within almost 30, uh, just to feel really good. And like you spoke about flow, um, if we could explore that a little bit, what advice would you have for women who maybe they are feeling like they've been in that very push grab energy, you know, trying to get to this end point of this job or this relationship or earning a certain amount of money? What advice do you have for women to move into flow? Like how do we sort of what practices do you put in place perhaps or what is your thought process around if things don't seem to be going the way you want them to, how do you move back into flow state? Yeah, it's such a it's such a challenge because, you know, I've been not in flow and I've been in flow and I know what they both feel like and it definitely feels a lot better when you're in the flow. But until you actually get a taste of what being in flow is like, it's really, really hard to understand. And I've seen that a lot through our community and through conversations with a lot of the amazing women that we interact with is that I don't know if they've experienced flow and so they don't know how good it can be. Um, and it is it was a very gradual process for me. Mine took a health scare that I had, you know, a few years ago as it relates to my hormone health and my hormone journey 
to really get me and force me to be more in the flow. And I'm thankful for a lot of the conversations that we've had on the podcast with great people like John Wineland that have really encouraged me and showed me the benefits of being in the flow as it relates to my relationship or um, how I can interact in the business. And it is a daily practice of making sure that I can be as much in flow as possible. But as far as practices go, I found that meditation has always been something that has been the most important thing for me it gives me space in my day. It allows me to um, be more grounded. It allows my soul to you know, be in contact with my body a lot more than it would be. And um, it took a few years to really understand what meditation meant for me. But I think that is the greatest thing that anyone could do on a daily basis to really help them achieve more flow in all areas of their life. And I think like being in alignment, out of alignment, in flow, out of flow is just for me to like an invitation to become a bit more observant of things I'm doing in my life or energy I'm giving um, that relates to nutrition, that relates to fitness, that relates to relationships. Like if it can, if it can bring me closer to observing those more thoughtfully um, I think it, it's a win, you know, it just, it just helps me to grow and become a bit more in tune with what my soul needs, my body needs, like all of it working together. Um, and Krista talks about it a lot where it's like first checking whether you've had enough water, you know, what have you eaten today? Enough sleep, all of that. Um, and then going deeper, like, did I have a conversation today with someone who I know is like an energy vampire and I gave him a lot too much of my time, you know, just, just being a little bit more observant, um, as it relates to when you feel in flow and not. I think what comes up for me when I think about flow, as you guys are talking, I guess it's really about surrender, you know, Com- stop planning. That's <laughs> That's been like my theme this year is that because I haven't been able to plan my life, it's been such a mirror for me that everything that's amazing that's really happened, you know, a a good portion of it, I haven't been able to plan. So just surrendering to what's there and allowing myself to be in the present moment so much that it doesn't involve me planning for the future and it doesn't involve me um, even being manifesting or thinking about what I'm trying to create, but really focusing more on how I can get more in the moment rather than, um, I guess just resistant to what's happening. Yeah. How would you guys score yourself on sitting in your success? I know it's something that not only as women, I think everybody has a hard time actually making contact with success, but how would you score yourself there? Is it something that, you know, of course we're really grateful for the opportunities, but when you really kind of sit in that, um, how do you think you've gone? I love these questions. Oh my God. Um, Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) They're just really thoughtful. Um, I think we have seasons where like, we're, we're either looking far in the future and we're like, ah, we're not quite there yet. Yeah. And then we have seasons where we're like, damn, we're so proud. Like we've, we've built this thing and you know, we're always proud, right? Like that's always there, but I do think there are seasons where our focus shifts and I think that's healthy. You know, I think that like to be goal oriented, you know, there is that we're not quite there yet thing happening, but I think if we can ground ourselves as we launch higher 
ground ourselves in the, where we've come from and how much we've grown. Like that's the balance we're always aiming for. It's not always perfect. We have our days, but it's really great to have a partner in this to kind of just keep everything in perspective and remind one another, um, of where we came from and how far. Yeah. I have to admit I'm a bit jealous. I'm like, yeah, I want a partner. I'm lonely. (laughs) It is nice. Cause like if I see, if I have a moment of comparison, it's like Lindsay will say something that's contradicts that. And then I will do vice versa and we'll kind of be like the sounding board. But if ever I'm in a moment where I'm like not feeling proud of my success or of my role in almost 30, I really have to just pull back and be like, how am I spending my time? And when I really look at how I'm spending my time, it's probably too much on social media. It's probably too much comparison. It's probably looking at what everyone else is doing. And when I'm focused enough on on my world and what I can control in quotes in my world and how I can impact my own life in a positive way, that's when I know I'm being successful. So it's really just wherever my focus is. And I really try and keep it as much as I can on my own life and like what's going on with me so that I can be proud of the person that, I am today as it was compared to the person I was yesterday rather than comparing to like someone else. Totally. Yeah. I just unfollowed like, so I'm so many people on Instagram and just muted anyone who triggered me. I was just like, this is enough of this. Like I just don't go on. Yeah. I literally am never on. It's like a crime. Like I was on, I looked at my, I have averaged 20 minutes on Instagram a day. Oh oh, my God. That is so rude. Amazing. It's really rude, actually. <laughs> it's great. I've been um, sort of discussing publicly and thinking a lot about, you know, my own creativity and the space between my creativity and the platforms it might live on and getting really considered with like, is there a purity to what I'm doing? And and I wonder how you guys think about that while balancing growing, you, you know, of course, like a, an, an empire essentially, like, how do you maintain authentic creativity and pure creativity in a world that kind of demands us to be, I guess, strategic? Hmm. Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of think about that. When you say that, what comes up for me is thinking about um, Instagram captions and how I feel like now we had a situation where we were at this press event and the girl that was on the PR team was talking about someone that they hosted at the at this location and was talking about how they were actually more, they were very inauthentic in person and their captions seemed to be very heartfelt and, and loving and kind and all these things. Wow. And it just seems like there is a movement towards authenticity so much so that people are being inauthentic about being authentic. Oh my God, yes, preach this. This is like been my whole <laughs> Isn't my it whole like thing. life where you know it's what like it people is? are like, hey guys, everyone has bad, you know, that kind of thing. It's Go like ahead. authenticity as a brand. No, yes, this 100%. is da- this is dangerous. It's dangerous. Yep. It's like, and so it's harder for the audience to understand, you know, it's this trust essentially, like who is actually that way. So go on. What was she saying that? They yeah, were so she just was person? saying that in, in person, they were very inauthentic. They were rude. They were unkind and all of these, all of these things that you would have never known by looking at their social media, which is, you know, that kind of thing is terrifying to me that someone would be, be misled in that way. And I just, again, have to focus on who I am and what I'm doing, but I do fear the whole movement around authenticity, especially when it's used as a brand. But I do, I would say that the the public is smart and I have really, really seen people gravitate 
for the most part, to the right people. And the people that are gravitating towards the wrong people, maybe they're just bots and maybe they're fake people anyways. Mm. So I do think that people are really better judges of authenticity and kindness and warmth and energy than, than we maybe give them credit for. So I do have hope in that way. I completely agree. And I think it's also a good lesson for me personally when expressing myself, myself, especially on social media about creating boundaries with myself. And, and if I'm working with a brand, um, you know, if they don't let me like express myself as me, I'm, I'm kind of out, you know what I mean? Like money is amazing or, or getting on a platform is amazing or being associated with a brand feels amazing but it just doesn't feel good at the end of the day if I'm unable to create content that feels good to me and feels like me. Totally. You know, so it's like, it's creating those boundaries and then know, knowing that because I did that, other opportunities that are more aligned will come in. Totally. And like when we get to a point where perhaps we feel like we're, I don't know, not only compromising our integrity, but we're selling it. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. This is, I've, I mean, it's a conversation for another time, but I've, um, I've taken a really different path in terms of monetization for the podcast because I just don't believe the market is mature enough here. It's buying in a really immature way. And I don't mean that in a like childish way. I just mean that it's just not developed enough here. Mm. The partnerships aren't truly collaborations and integrations. And so what that's meant is sitting out of some pretty amazing deals and saying no a lot, um, but trying to get comfortable with playing the long game as it is um, or as it were. Yeah. And I commend you on that. You know, not everyone does that. And as an entrepreneur, you know, that's challenging and that, but that will pay in dividends. And I do believe that there's a karma to that. You know, whenever I've done something that was even a little out of alignment, I can tell. Um, And I can tell in the response from my community. I can tell in how I feel doing it. I can tell in how the content is, is shared. It just, there always is that, that karmic, um, response when you do something that doesn't feel aligned. Totally. Um, I'm, I'm going to let you guys go because I know you're very busy. busy oh, women. Oh, no, this, no, seriously. this has been amazing. Oh, I really enjoyed, so really sweet. enjoyed talking to Honestly, you. It's so sweet. This, you know, I promised myself I wouldn't fangirl over you too much. I'm like sweating. Oh. <laughs> You've just been so cool and honest oh, and you're like, so sweet. you're really doing something special. And I just really encourage you to keep sharing as an authentic, as authentically as you have been. Like, I love your show. I think the branding's on point. The tote bags are so dope. Like you're just doing something really cool and special. And, um, I do hope that you have people around you that can encourage you and be your cheerleaders and support because I know as an entrepreneur, it can be lonely and it's just you. Um, so if you ever need a hip, if you ever need a little encouragement, we're here. Honestly, I'll get in anytime. your DMs. You are um, yeah. <laughs> very sweet. I, it means an incredible amount to me because this thing is my heart and soul, you know, and Truly. to have that acknowledged by people who I really respect um, in this space Aww. is is huge. Um, before you go, I ask each of my guests a final question. Um, offline exists as an exploration of self and who are we outside of the Instagram followings and the labels that we put on ourselves. And for you guys, it's, you know, the founders and hosts of this incredible brand, Almost 30. When you're sitting in your true self, um, what comes up for you when I say that? And I guess broadly, and I know it's quite expansive, but who are you? (laughs) I feel like when I'm my true self, I'm... (laughs) 
Um, do you know Sekhmet? She's like a Egyptian uh, princess, but she is the the goddess of both destruction and creation. And I feel like when I am my most true self, there is a uh, intense power in me that can either be transmuted in a um, crazy way in destruction and in um, creation. And so I really see myself as this like huge, powerful being and like being aware of that energy um, and using it for, you know, as much beautiful creation as I can. So nice. Uh, Right. It's a really good visual too. I can see her. It's crazy. I can see her. (laughs) Um, When I am my true self, I just feel... I feel like I'm out of my own way. And so like whatever wants to come through, call it channel through, whatever you want to call it comes through, you know, it's like my head gets out of the way and my heart just like, it feels so big, you know? And that, that for me includes creativity, just being on fire, um, silliness, being uninhibited, communication is grounded and, and in flow. Um, yeah. And I, and I, I feel that, um, more often, you know, like, and when I do feel it, I really take note. I'm like, cool. What did I, what was that? Okay, cool. Did that, did that. You know what I mean? Like just, it's almost like a little recipe for like feeling that more often. Totally. Um, which is really cool. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, you know, the way I think about true self is us making contact with it. It's not that we need to find it or it's this external character that we must, you know, go and take on. It's actually, it's inside. Um, And that feeling, I think, is when we make contact with it and it's this beautiful, like, oh, it's like, you you know, when you drive a manual car Mm -hmm. and there's that sweet spot between the clutch and the accelerator, that's how I yes. think about making contact with my true self. It's that beautiful, like, rhythm in the middle. Um, right. I probably need to find a sexy analogy. I feel like the manual and the <laughs> I clock. Love that. I was like, does everyone drive <laughs> I know, shift? Honestly. I love shift. it, though. Yeah, shift. That's what you that's guys call it. That's a good one. Um, that's a good one. <laughs> I just can't thank you enough. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I thank really, you. I really Welcome. appreciate you taking the time and... I'm excited. Yeah, just we're thinking share. of you too with everything that's going on. Yeah, you know, just, and I appreciate that. And your awareness and consciousness around like the higher level and of what's actually happening is also very important. So um, I was, I just loved hearing that. Yeah, thank you. And I promise you when it's relevant, I'll share. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, have a beautiful day. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Offline. Visit getoffline.co to explore more episodes, the online courses I've created to help you succeed consciously, and upcoming community events. Follow getoffline.co on Instagram and me. My handle is Alison Larson Rice. Lastly, if you know someone who would benefit from hearing these honest conversations, please share offline with them.